Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, bro. Oh, he'll be with us shortly. Hey, Abram, you there? Yes. Sorry, somebody called me and it put me on mute and it took a while for me to realize it, but now I close my phone for outside callers. Sorry about that. Awesome. How are you doing, man? Good. Thank you very much. What about yourself? Say it again. I- I'm doing good. Thank you so much. What about yourself? Oh, doing great. Doing great, man. Happy awesome. to be on the call with you. Thank you. Uh, I couldn't book the call with my friend. Yeah, I did week. talk to my... Okay. Uh, for the other two, I mentioned to you two of them that you could have a conference call. I, I couldn't make it this week. Uh, I'll see the option for next week. If I cannot book everyone in the call, then uh, I'll give you your their numbers so you can call them or vice versa. Yeah. Well, I talked to your buddy, Ed. Yeah, he was how was it? He, it was great, man. We got along. If he had the money, he probably would have hired me right then and there. But he's like, you know, trying to figure out how to. So I, I gave him an offer. I said, if you could put four people together that's paying five hundred dollars a piece, then uh, you'll be the that will be paid for your your tuition, and we can work together. And that'll be fine. So he's gonna put. See, he said next week he's gonna put four people together. We'll talk, and then uh, if that works, then um, you know they'll hire me and. I'll, I'll have him be the free guy since he's the guy that brought him in there in the first place, you know. So he's going to get it for free if he if he brings, like, three people or four people? Four. So he's going to be the free – so you're going to be coaching, like, five people at the same time? Right. Excellent. That would be awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be worth it, you know, because, listen, you know, he's um he's earning his keep without taking the money out of his pocket, you know? I ain't mad at that. Yeah. And uh, you made an introduction to him, uh, what you're going to offer in this program and, well, and what they will achieve at the end of it? Well, he he's more interested. He's got more problems than just just relationships. Yeah, so he's got problems than, yeah with relationships. Yeah. So he needs to make more money. So I'm going to work with him around that, like what to do with his expertise and his passion. And also help mm-hmm. him find his passion, like his real passion. So he doesn't really, 
he doesn't really um, know what his um what his life purpose is. And he's yeah. too busy trying to he's too busy chasing money to fulfill on it. And him chasing money is all about, you know, him and his wife. He's trying to, you know, make her feel safe and secure even though that's he doesn't know that's what he's trying to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, guys try to make women happy by doing what they want, but they don't know that they're trying to make the woman feel safe and secure, even though in their mind they're just trying to make her happy. But the only way you're going to yeah. make her happy is by making her feel safe and secure. He don't know that, but, you know, we're working on it. So he'll get back to me. He's going to work with me. I'm clear about that. I just don't know when. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah, sure. Uh, he's a teacher in a, a low-income neighborhood school, yeah. Yeah. you know, and um, I think he got some master's degree on some uh, counseling or something like that. Yeah. So he's into stuff. So anyway, yeah. Um, he, he was out of the conversation, so I, I let him, you know, know to call you. So, and I know he's yeah. having issues with his wife for a long time. Yes. And uh, I mean, he can he can make money for it. Uh, just to let you know, I mean, if he really sees the value, I think he can make money for it. And yeah. he has a story. He has a story about. You know, it's all story that he's had a conversation about not making money or this and that. Right? But when it comes to other stuff, very important stuff for him, like for his uh, master's degree, he had money. So, well, <laughs> good luck. But still, uh, I thought I, I asked him to call you uh, because I know it would make a big difference for him. That you know. So. Yeah. You're right. So uh, for me. Um, oh man, uh, where am I? Good question. Where are you? <laughs> what you doing? What you up to? <laughs> well, so we talk about the uh, triggers, right? Yep. And um, sometimes I still go back and forth with my ex, you know, and I remember saying, uh, that I get angry, I remember things that I miss her. Is it normal? Say that again. I still, rem- I remember my ex, my relationship with my ex. Right. I know it's emotions, but it's still impacting me. And sometimes I miss her. Sometimes I get angry at her when she- I remember things she's done. <laughs> I can understand that. And I say uh, why, you know, like why I couldn't manage because I love her and it's love-hate relationship, I guess, <laughs> which well, is maybe. not healthy. Yeah, yeah and un- unworkable. I like the word unworkable because, um, yeah, I don't know if it was unhealthy. I just know that um, for sure it wasn't working, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and that means it was impersonal that it, that it wasn't working. And, um, you know, you get a chance to um, learn from the experience. And you still experience love, just not in a way that worked for you overall. If there were some loving yeah. moments you had, it just wasn't the ideal relationship. It wasn't the relationship that you really wanted to be in. So... You know, but it wasn't 
necessarily ugly. It was probably more like just didn't work, and neither one of you knew how to make it work, you know? Yeah, it just didn't work, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Just just plain didn't work. That's it. Plain, that's it. That's all there is yeah. to it, you know? Anything other than that? You are still making meaning and going back and forth, and it just doesn't make sense. But it's just, it's just memories, you know? You just somehow, you see something and you remember something, and and I guess uh, it's infatuation, you know? It's simply infatuation. That's what I had with her. Yeah. And it's uh, it's not love. But obsession, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, but um, what there is for you to do is to, um, how do I say, get settled around it. Like, settle down. Like, um, ground yourself in it. You mm-hmm. know, to be, um, how do I say, um, to give yourself permission to take the value from it and leave the other parts alone. You know, so I've had two women that I had heartbreak over, like serious heartbreak over, that it took me a long time to get past. One was for 19 years. One was for, I want to say, about two years. Mm. But in each case... I had to grow up and be with, hey, you know, things end. So in um, a later time, a later relationship, I was in, you know, the relationship, and rather than wait until the end, I would, in my mind, complete the relationship and start it again. I never had to tell her this, but I would be like, you know, if the relationship ended right now, could I say that the relationship was a success? And right up until the end, I would say yes. You know, was it perfect? No. Was it successful? Yes, it was a successful relationship because it was more great about it than not great. And so I would say, okay, great. And then in my mind, I would start a new relationship. And therefore, rather have one really long relationship, I had a bunch of really short but really great ones with one person. And she did not know that. Because I, I would get complete with it. Complete means that um, you, you you don't have an attachment for it, and it's a part of you, but you're moving forward now. It's not in your future. Your past is not in your future guiding your actions. And you're not comparing that person to other people. And you're not beating yourself up because you're like, that's the way it is. I got what I got out of it. Thank you very much. You'll never forget it, but you won't be controlled by it anymore. Does that communicate? Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying is accepting the relationship the way it is. Yep. And um, you're not making yourself wrong. You're not making her wrong. Right. It's just the relationship was it's just the way it is. Right. And you don't put that in future, and it doesn't have any impact on your other relationships. Right. And uh, you got what I got, what you got out of it, and things end. And for me, actually, 
I think what's missing for me is to understand the end. Like, for me, there is no end, you know? <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know what that is, but there's some distinction missing for me about things end. You know? Well, yes. Have you ever read a book? I Yeah, I did. And um, what happened when the book was complete, when the book was over? What happened? That's just the I sometimes I love the books, sometimes I just enjoy it, whatever, and it yeah. ends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good memory. Sometimes, if you love the book, you put it in your bookshelf and you keep sometimes you look at it. It's not that you're gonna read it again, but it's good to have it there, but it ends. And sometimes you read it again, yeah, you know, you eat a meal. At some point, it's over. You go to a movie, you know, at some point, it's over. You know, people in your life, at some point, their life will be over. You go to the bathroom, at some point, it's over. You know, you put gas in your car, eventually, you run out of gas, it's over. You get a great car, even a Rolls Royce, but eventually, the car is going to be over, you know? Mm-hmm. BlackBerry was on the rise. BlackBerry was a huge phone company, dominated the smartphone market for a while. It's over. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, you know, things end and things are over. Like over here now, I'm looking out my window, and it's snowing heavy. Oh, really? I'm going to say we got about six inches of snow here. On top of wow. snow that was already there, yeah. And so um, it's it's you know poor visibility like that. But in a month, there won't be any sign of it because you know the fall, winter yeah. will be over, and then spring will happen, and then spring will be over, and then summer will happen. See, you can't go backwards; you can only go forward. Now, that don't mean I mean. How I heard it is, progress, growth is mandatory. Speed is optional. Sometimes growth is mandatory. Speed is optional. No, not sometimes. I started to say something else, and then I changed it. So growth, growth growth for human beings is mandatory. Speed of growth is optional. Does that communicate? So, yes, it communicates. Uh, you have to grow, right? There's no way to uh, avoid it. There's no way. You have to grow as you live. Yeah, no, yeah there's as, no as way. To life. Grow. Right. There's no way to not grow. Yeah. But how fast? So the, yeah. Sorry. No. I'm how saying fast? Yeah. Go ahead is optional. When you say how fast is optional, it's based on what? It's based on people sometimes saying, I don't want to learn that, or I don't want to do that, or ha, 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 ha. Resistance, dogma, mm. you know, disagreement, you know, hiding out, you know, 
of being uncommittal, all of that stuff slows down the learning process, but it doesn't stop it. Life is so relentless in moving forward that even people who have no interest in learning will learn even by accident, and usually only by accident. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're designed to learn, but the creator doesn't say how fast. You get to say. Mm-hmm. Me, me, I'm mm-hmm. in a hurry. Folks have no interest in learning whatsoever. I was reading. Yeah. I was reading. I don't know if it was yesterday, Tuesday. This guy Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent was a big time rock and roller in the '60s and '70s. And um, I did not know that he was such a prejudiced, racist guy. Hmm. And he made a, he made a statement that actually was shocking to me, not because mm-hmm. it was racist. Because of how stupid the statement was. Hmm. He said that American Indians, Native American Indians, should pack up and go back where they came from. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. What the fuck? <laughs> They're Native Americans. They were here first. <laughs> so, so that's what I mean by growth is mandatory, but speed is optional. Yeah. This guy that don't know that American Native Indians was here long before white Americans or black Africans came to this continent. And so he's going to say, go back where you came from? He might as well just say, you know, you should go go die because that's the only other place they came from besides North America. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that was it. Was such a stupid thing because he doesn't want to learn. I mean, he's learned some things. He just ain't learned other about people very much in race. And it shows the cap on the ceiling of his learning right this minute. Yeah, so that's what I mean by uh, you know the things that can get in the way of you learning or growing. Mm-hmm. This is a, this so, is a great conversation, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I think by making myself resist to accept the change, I am being a slower or slow-growing person, and that's a good explanation. Now mm. I can end it. <laughs> now I learned the distinction. End. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, let me add something to that. You ready? Yeah. So I learned this distinction. I don't use it very much because it's not usually necessary, but I'm going to bring it here to enhance what you just got. So it's called the Coachability Index. And the Coachability Index is a measurement of two things. On a scale of 1 to 10, how willing are you to be wrong on a scale of 1 to 10? And if you're not a 10, you're not coachable. And then you got to find out what's between you and being what's between you being a ten and and uh, you and being a ten, right? So um, yeah. scale of one to ten, how willing are you to be wrong? And then also the other thing on a scale of one to ten is how willing are you to have things be different? And if you're not a ten, 
you're not coachable either. And then the idea is to find out on a scale of one to ten, you know, like what's it going to take for you to be a ten? And so if you look at life like that, how willing am I to be wrong? I'm pretty much 100% willing to be wrong, Tony Vera is. I'm willing to be wrong. And then on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm probably a 9 on, you know, in general, on willing to have things change. I'm more willing to be wrong than to have things change. But generally speaking, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, man, I can be wrong all day long because if I find out I'm wrong, then that means that I'm about to find out what's right. And if I find out what's right, that means I'll be accurate, not necessarily so much right, but I'll be accurate and skillful and know what to do and how to do it. So I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to be wrong. All right, man, the more I find out I'm wrong, the better it is for me. So, uh, but the reason why I brought it up was not or how willing are you to be wrong, is how willing are you to have things be different? We'll put a cap on your learning. The other one, too. But, you know, how willing are you to have things be different? That's going to slow down your growth if you aren't noticing it. Is that communication? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that ought to help you with ending. Yeah. The last thing I'm going to give you around this, and then we'll find something else to talk about, is I heard this analogy. I wish I could say I created it, but I did not. So imagine mm-hmm. you're somebody who's, you know, out in the woods by yourself, and, you know, you're looking for food, and you know, you've, somehow you discovered or intuition tells you that there's food about a mile and a half down. So you walk down, and then you come to this river. This river is about a quarter mile across. Now you're in the you're in the forest, so you know that there's animals that you know, all yeah. kinds of animals out in the field. So you go ahead and you make, you know, um, a uh, a raft, and you know, a, a raft. A raft for the river. No, a raft. You know, like a floating device to like a you know, yeah, yeah, like a boat. yeah, a raft. So you make yourself a raft to get yourself across the river. Then, you know, you get over to the place, and you find out that this place is way better to hang out at than the way you was at. So you decide, rather than go back to the other place, you stay there. Now, do you carry the raft with you for the rest of your life or not? Right, the raft got you over the river, got you across yeah, the river. Yeah. yeah, but do you carry the raft with you the rest of your life? No. Why not? Well, I mean, what's the use of it? Yeah, it was good at one point, but it's not good for everything, right? Absolutely. So you want to have that in your mind when you're dealing with stuff and willing to have things be different and willing to end things. Because as soon as you got over that side of the river, unless you was going back, your relationship to that raft, no, your usage, your need for that raft was over. It ended. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, knowing, understanding the usage of things will help you to, to be able to end things, complete things. 
because you no longer need it, or it's no longer valid, or it's no longer available, or whatever. Yeah. So I want to give you that as well as a place to look at, place to look from when it comes time to ending something, and in particular, you know, this relationship with your ex. Uh, yep. Makes absolutely sense. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so what triggers that come up for you again? Or, you know, yeah, so let's talk about that. Sure. Uh, for me, uh, uh, I think the most important trigger is being dominated. Mm. Um, being ignored. Uh, being outsmarted. Mm. I would say top, number one is being do, being dominated. Number two is being really ignored. Number three is being uh, insulted mm. and then outsmarted, you know. Mm. Uh, being distant and cold triggers me. And, mm. uh, uh, and then also criticize critics, you know, having critics, negative, especially negative critics that make me look stupid, uh, okay. trigger me. And uh, what else? Uh, being argumentative also triggers me. Okay. Because it can, it comes to a point, you know, when you're argumentative, you're literally trying to be dominant over something when you're arguing about something. And that comes to the same thing. Uh, I don't like that. Okay. Um, and uh, being yelled is also like crazy. I get pissed off, you know. Okay. Somebody yells at you, like speaks really loud. Yeah. Uh, anger also, another one. Anger. If somebody is angry for something and if they are speaking to me with anger, uh, that also triggers me. Uh, and um, and also when I get easily uh, it's not easy for me to work with I can but it's not easy to work with people that are micromanagers you know Uh, that people are controlling too much or or people tell you what to do always that triggers me as well because I want to be responsible you know Controlling, uh, controlling attitude or controlling behavior, yeah. even simple things, triggers me. Okay. That's it. Ten things. All right, good. So, um, so now what there is for you to do, now that you took time to do the list, what there is for you to do is to create new contexts, solutions mm-hmm. around them, and then also find ways to recognize when they come up for you. Mm-hmm. So I hate being ignored. That's probably my number one thing. My number two thing is to be insulted, and but only specifically to insult my intelligence, like I, what I know isn't worth it or I don't know what I'm talking about or like that, especially when I did the work on relationships and stuff like that, right? So to be mm-hmm. insulted, to be uh, um, to be um invalidated that's really what it is like to, not so much to insult to invalidate so um to be ignored or invalidated or both that's like my biggest trigger so um i was at landmark last year 
and I went to go talk to one of the staff members, and she shut me down. And she didn't even hear what the – I was – I could have possibly – I didn't like getting shut down, but I could have been okay getting shut down if she was willing to hear what I had to say and still disagree. But she disagreed with what I had to say, and she wasn't willing to hear what I had to say, and she shut me down on top of that. So I just got dominated all over the place, but I was being ignored, which is what bothered the hell out of me. And I was yeah. on a phone agreement, so I couldn't even – I couldn't even relax. I was so – upset, but I loved this woman, so I wasn't going to argue with her, fight with her, scream with her, none of that stuff, but like what just happened, it so didn't work, I could barely breathe. So I'm sitting over there, and I'm trying to manage myself. I'm trying to um, bring myself back, because I'm reliable for bringing myself back. I may not do it as quickly as if somebody's there and knows how to help me, but you know, like, if I'd had about 20 minutes to a half hour, I would have been able to sort myself out enough to be effective in my assistant agreement, but I still would not have been complete. So um, the person that I was assisting for, he was like, yo, man, you, you know, you ain't going to be able to, um, <laughs> you ain't making no phone calls until we get complete, so let's talk. All right, fine. So I told him what happened. He was like, yo, man, you just setting yourself up for failure, bro. Every staff member here is just tied up, man. And so, you know, like you, like me, we'll make time for people because that's who we are, but a lot of people don't have it in them. So every time you walk over to a staff member, you're you're taking on the risk that they're going to shut you down, and it's not personal. So when he said that, I realized he was right. It, it happened so often that it was annoying me because I was interacting with them, interacting with them, viewing them, as if they were me, like me, like as if they were a people person who considered people first. You know, they got big jobs over there as, as staff members. They got to put a lot of work in. You know, they got to produce a lot of results. They work in lots of hours. So, you know, it was like where he said that, he freed me up for me to start looking at situations that will have me feel ignored, have me feel invalidated. And so I can put myself in positions where it's not going to happen and stop looking at other people as if they were me. Stop looking at people to act like, they, like, like I would in those situations because that was a lot of what was pissing me off about it. Yo, I wouldn't do that. That shit ain't bad. You know, that was me. So you want to look for, you know, I gave those to you as examples of how to create life and your own context for life such that you don't get triggered anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not like, okay, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to uh, feel, in, I'm not going to feel ignored. It's not that. It's like, how do you look at life so be, feeling ignored can't even show up? Not possible. And that's what I'm inviting you to take on. And, you know, we'll talk about it. Sure. So what are you hearing yeah. in what plan here? What are you getting? Well, I mean, there's there's a certain there's a certain way what you what triggers you occurs in a certain way to you, and that is actually um, most likely, I think, related to something that's coming from the past, right? But eventually, there's a certain way certain things occurs to you, and that triggers you. If you have a new context, meaning 
if you have a new way of looking at it, if it occurs to you in a different way than it occurs to you and it triggered you, then you won't be triggered anymore and it will be a breakthrough and you will never have the same breakdown again. So, um, so what, for example, for me being dominated, uh, what I distinguished actually a while back, um, it, it, actually, it actually happened happened in landmark. Still, though, I forgot sometimes that distinction. But what happened was, um, wait, know, a minute, wait, being, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. Say that last piece again. The last two sentences. Uh, last two things, like being dominated, triggers me, and I distinguish something that. Okay. Um, when um, being dominated is actually, it's not, you know, it was occurring to me like being pressured in a certain way uh, and uh, that was triggering me and I was getting nervous. However, what I distinguish is that nobody is actually giving me pressure physically. <laughs> it's just a word people say. And, uh, and I realized that was all... I related to my past experiences about what I make it mean about being dominated. You know, and when I distinguish that there is no, nobody is dominating anything, people say what they say, because real domination, real pressure happens physically. There's nothing going on physically, so why am I getting pissed off? People mm-hmm. just say what they say, and that's it. Yep. So right? that's awesome. So so having a context or forty-five different contexts around, you know, doing what you just did for being dominated, keep looking for new ways of looking at dominating until you never feel like you're being dominated no matter what anybody says. Yeah. You may not like what they say, but you won't feel like you're under their spell and you got to do what they say or else they'll kill you and you'll die. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you look at, you know, yeah. being angry, being aggressive, people arguing with you, if you look at all of those things, and put something else in place that will support you in um, yeah. transforming your viewpoint of that. You won't even bother. It won't. You won't even get triggered. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Can you okay. hear me? Yeah, yeah. You won't even get triggered in the first place. That's the thing. It's not how to. It's not how not how to get untriggered once you get triggered, or how not to. Get Absolutely. Triggered. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's, can you tell me? Can you tell me one more time about your new context for your experience of being ignored? Yeah. So, um, I don't think that this this context is um, a universal context that I can use anywhere and everywhere, but it's certainly one that I could use, say, in a business environment called They're Not Me you know, meaning they're not people persons per se, and they got a lot to do. So it's part of the culture rather than personal for me that they're ignoring me because that's just what they do. So it's like it's not personal. That's what they do. And, you know, it's part of the culture because that seems to be what happens with all of them. So if I'm in an environment where people ignore each other, I can't get mad because they're ignoring me. <laughs> that's what they do to everybody else. Part of it's part of the, you know how to get along, right? Yeah. But the other thing that most people are not as as willing to talk to anybody at any time as I am. 
Most people are just not that. So I'm not, I can't make them wrong for not being me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if I'm a people person, you say hi to me, and I, I'm going to say hi back. I'm going to talk with you at least for a minute. Yeah, that's a good context, too. You can't, you know, you can't be triggered by just because people are not like you. Because you know you are. You know who you are. (laughs) You just love tango. Yeah, it's great. So to find context that fulfill on uh, eradicating your triggers is a worthy goal to have because then you'll always be able to manage your own happiness. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so that's what's up, man. So your job is to look for and identify whatever it's going to take for you to eliminate your triggers. Yep. Yep. Next homework. Yeah, next homework. Next Monday. Yes. Okay. There you go. All uh, right. Yeah. So what else is going on? Because this is this is the, what else the is non-content. Yeah, this is the non-content free call that I offered you. Um, you know when you yeah. took this off. Okay. So what's going on is this. I tell you, uh, I've been talking to this girl. She was born in 1987. She's like younger than me, eight, nine years, ten years, whatever. Ten years, I think. (laughs) And um, at first I like her. As we keep talking and talking and talking, I see that uh, when I look at the the distinctions of relationship dynamics, uh, I'm not that attractive anymore. Now I question if I can manage the relationship with her. If I would have a relationship with her, how would it look like? Right, Excellent. I have my now must-have list and stuff like that. And for example, one thing I shared with her, I told her, "Look, she's beautiful. You know, she's young and beautiful. It's cool, but I don't know. Um, she doesn't speak English, so we have to teach her when she comes back to uh, come to US with me." Well, another thing is that uh, she is very simple, very nice. You know, I want a simple life and like a simple girl, like. Enjoying yourself from simple things, you know. That's that's good. But she smokes, and she smokes for like more than ten years. And in my list, smoking doesn't work. I don't want a smoking wife. <laughs> right, right, right. Me neither. And I and I told her, I told this to her, and yeah. she said, now now I question you, because if your reaction about smoking is now that emotion is not going to work. Now I question if. There will be things that I may do, you may not like. You know, are you going to be like this for everything? I said, like what? Like if you said, if I wear a mini skirt, like a showy dress and what? Are you going to be like, uh, you know, ending the relationship? Because you don't like that? Uh-huh. No. I said, no, I would like that. <laughs> I would like that, but of course, if you only dress that for me, not for all the men, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, 
uh, now I look at uh, the, the good thing that the, the muscle I'm building here is I'm looking at when I'm talking to her I'm not having kind of like a, a kind of like a, I'm not developing a relationship without the logic you know and I don't want to face something that doesn't work when I have a relationship with it right because I'm looking for someone to settle down to marry have children because I'm almost coming to the fourth decade I want to experience of being a father. So, you know, that, that's, that's a good thing. And then uh, I've seen another girl, uh, a beautiful face, and I really like her face. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. It's in, it's in LinkedIn. Uh, she's in my list somehow. But I was looking at LinkedIn for the jobs, and then I've seen this girl's face. I'm like, oh, that's a Funny. and then that is great too because I have I can have excitement for someone yeah again like other than my ex which is yeah. great you know so there yeah. are really women out there that I, I could be still impressed of which is fantastic yeah that, that's the thing but of course uh, the only thing uh, in the past I wouldn't worry about anything uh, this is something that I got from landmark that I make meaning. You know, like one meaning that I made out of landmark is anything is possible for any human being in such a way that, like, I can make anything possible. But yep. it's not the case. It, when I think of anything is possible and I can make anything possible, for example, I'm being with a woman and she smokes. <laughs> and I think I can change that. And I get married her, and she's, for example, my ex. And I love her so much, and I show her not smoking is good and all those, and I keep loving her. She she doesn't quit smoking. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So you can change people, but for things that were really important to you, you can talk about them before uh, you commit to a relationship. And that's the muscle I'm building, like looking really at things in not only in a in an emotional way, but also in terms of uh, looking at the distinctions of a long-term relationship. And mm. like the girl, for example, in, that I'm talking to, uh, you know, she, she doesn't have a job, and that's why she's upset, uh, and she smokes more, and, uh, and she's unhappy. But she's a nice girl, and, uh, you know, sometimes women don't work, and they raise children, right? housewife kind of thing. And I think she could be a great housewife raising kids. But I don't have that um, uh, electricity that I had with her that I had with the other beautiful girl. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So now I'm concerned if I cannot distinguish infatuation like, is infatuation necessary for... Uh, do you supposed to get married with someone you had infatuation with? Not necessarily. Chances are, but though, you will marry somebody. Chances are, the person you marry, you was once infatuated with, but it won't stay there. It, it definitely doesn't stay there at all? Well, I mean, you can let it stay there. It's just that it's incomplete. Infatuation... Oh. 
you know, it's, it's, it's just it, it's missing some things. It's missing intimacy. It's missing, you know, the ability to deal with breakdowns and, and, and you know, issues. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's missing commitment. You know, it's really just lust and happiness, you know. So how could I, I think I, I, I'm not still complete understanding infatuation and to, to distinguish like what's incomplete with infatuation. What do you mean by when you say something is incomplete when you have infatuation with someone? Um, well, infatuation is like attraction. It's like, it, it, it's, it's purely attraction. Just because you're attracted to somebody and you experience all of the parts of attraction doesn't necessarily mean you love them. You can be attracted to a car, a watch, a home or computer, and, you know, but it doesn't mean you love it unconditionally. Uh, and it's hard to love something unconditionally when you don't know it inside and out. So you'd love your children because you know that you don't know them inside and out, but, like, they're going to show you themselves inside and out because they don't know any other way. And they're your flesh of your flesh. But, you know, you love them and nevertheless, there's no infatuation there. You know, you love your mom and your dad. You just love them. There's no infatuation. There's no fascination there. Hmm. So there is no fascination. So that means infatuation not necessarily mean that you love unconditionally. I have a question to you. I always yes. thought that I love my ex unconditionally. And when she did that unfaithful thing, sorry to talk about that again. Um, I was so pissed off with her that I couldn't recover I couldn't recover my anger from her and I immediately go to the court and by the time I deal with my anger, we were already divorced. Right? Yeah. So and then she teased me like where is your unconditional love? <laughs> I mean for me, yes, I still love her. I want her to be well. I care about her. But I think for me, um, what she did was not in what I signed up for, and it doesn't work. And that's why I think uh, I go crazy, and I and I wanted to end the relationship immediately and cut it out with her. Because I feel such shame. I feel so dismayed and, you know. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I'm not regretting that I've ended a relationship. It was so toxic and eventually was getting more and more toxic eventually. But, uh, like, if you have an unconditional love for someone, would you forgive if she had an affair? It depends on the person, and it depends on their relationship to workability. Hmm. So, um, if you love your wife unconditionally. You love her even though she had an affair. And you've already said you still love her even though she has an affair. So, you know, to me, your love was unconditional, but your standards for being in a relationship had conditions. Hmm. You know, you can love somebody completely, but if it ain't working, you don't stay with them because it's just not working. Mm-hmm. You know. So, anyhow, so that's um, what I think about that. I mean, infatuation and love, 
infatuation is missing some ingredients in order to be loved. It's really attraction slash chemistry, you know, mm-hmm. and being pressed. You know, there's there's nothing else you could do with it except for sit there and with your mouth open, you know, shocked, you know. Yeah, you're shocked, fascinated, that's it. Yeah. And you have to blend it with something that's missing to be to make it loud. You have to be grounded with that person. Maybe, I don't know, you have to get acceptance from the person. Uh, to see that person, not as a superficial, fascinated human being, to see that person as a really human being, as who really she is, rather than that magic, right? Yeah. With all the flaws and everything. Then you become yeah. grounded. Then, then love, there will be possibility for love to grow. When you really love somebody, you know, like you can love your kids, even if they go to jail. You still love them. The relationship may not yeah. be working because they ain't available to be in a relationship. But... Mm-hmm. You still love them. Yeah. But there's no infatuation. There's no infatuation with your kids. Yeah. Yeah, the love is there without the infatuation. You don't need infatuation to live. Love, you, that's just the first stage of the, of the of creating a romantic relationship. It's, oh, my yeah. God, did you see? Oh, oh, my God, I got to have it. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. That's fascination. Yeah. And then you stop saying, oh, my God, out loud, and you just think it to yourself. Would you with them? <laughs> Of course, your skin crawls, you know, your your your, your crotch itches and, and rises or whatever, you know. And um, mm-hmm. next thing you know, you know, mostly of all trying to trying to woo this person into your life. You have sex with on a regular basis to go out and do things, you know, to appreciate their uh, opposite sex, uh, opposite gender, you know, uh, ways of being, where they hold their hands, where they laugh and talk with you, and all of that stuff. You're fascinated by all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. None of that fascination is going to make a difference, but it's possible to keep that fascination alive in the relationship if people know what it is and what it takes to have it in there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, infatuation is cute and everything, but most folks don't know that it's not love, and they don't know what mm-hmm. to do with it, even if they did know it. Yeah. Absolutely so. makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So what about the... Um, now, tomorrow I'm going to work. I'm going to a company to have some conversations. Yeah. They would hire me to do some of the... I mean, I'm looking for a client. I'm going to start my own company, my own IT awesome. consulting company. And um, awesome. there's this company I'm going to visit tomorrow, and they most likely they will give me some projects and... That I'm hoping to use first. What kind of, and, what, what kind of, oh, what kind of, what kind of program you want? Or what kind of company you want to start? Well, uh, I started an IT consulting firm, like uh, computer software project. Okay. I just started. I don't have any clients. <laughs> right. And tomorrow I will have a client. Let's say, you know, I like starting business. I don't know why I waited till the end of my life so far. Because mm. when you start a company, you, you don't know what you're going to get, and you start, you have to be productive, and you have to create something new. And yeah. there is so many ideas coming in and out in my mind. Well, I can't, what can I do? Like, for example, I'm also trying to sell training and development for managers. Like, for example, about negotiation, for example, about 
um, you know, maybe getting franchise from Paul Allen to do getting things done or franchise from uh, strategy, project management, you know, like really creating training programs that would last with gameplay and this and that, like two, three days. And try to sell them as well is going to be one of my, um, you know, uh, products. So I'm going to put if I, you know, have free time out, out of the IT project. Yeah. These are the things I want to do. And, make, and I want to make this regional. Like I want to maybe go to Dubai. I have some clients in Dubai. I have some clients in, you know, in Turkey. Make it some in European, international something. Yeah. And, um, and also, that would serve my highest aspiration, which is to make a difference with people. <laughs> what is it? To make a difference with people, like uh, yeah. leave them, you know, just like you leave me. Yeah. And, um, you know, well, I'm like really, really in the beginning. I have no idea what I'm going to go through. I don't know if I'm going to be successful, but I'm going to make an investment for this at least a year. See what I'm going to get out of it. Yeah, and uh, you know, and of course, um, I believe also there'll be things to do. Like I, I wanna, I wanna ask you. Like I'm, I'm concerned about getting a serious relationship. You know, uh, I'm yep. bringing something from the past. I know, I know. We discussed about all the workabilities, but I'm kind of anxious in a way. That there's some like like uh, what I see is like I like out of all the women I dated, just one of them was really nice, and it lasted longer <laughs> four years. But all the rest were all toxic to me, and I kind of love, I kind of like probably those toxic women. Like, <laughs> mm. I, I they they mean or crazy or something like that. I look. From my ex to all others, like they're crazy. They like to fight, or you know, they they say crazy stuff. So now I'm concerned. Like, like, am I really? There's something with me that I like those women with the uh, crazy attitude, or like I'm torturing myself. So I'm I'm kind of nervous, you know. Ah. Well, it's uh, hard to work. For it's hard to work for somebody that's got a crazy attitude. Bro. You know, have somebody work for you with a crazy attitude, man. Yeah. We all talk about work, right? Uh, work and relationship. I'm talking about yeah. relationship. Ah, okay, okay, okay. I, I missed what you. I'm talking made. about romantic relationship and my actions. Like yeah, now, okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I missed the I missed the segue. My bad. Uh-huh. From, I was talking, you were talking about business, and then we, I jump into, um, I jump into the thing. Yeah, yeah. Relationship, yeah. and I'm concerned. Like I, I have concerns. Like. Like how I'm gonna like develop the relationship in a way that healthy relationship that's everything under control, in a way that uh, like I should know what I'm gonna get at the end, but most of the time you don't, right? Right. So kind of like uh, if this is gonna work or not, if this is not gonna work, you know that kind of um, you know question. That's out there, so I don't know what you want to say. Oh, I, mean, I don't know if it makes sense what I say. I didn't quite get it, but you can you want to you want to try it again? I didn't quite yes. get that. Okay, uh, what I'm saying is, 
Um, you know, we talk about knowing yourself, yeah. knowing them, knowing about gender difference helps to build a great communication with the woman. Yes. Managing emotions is one way. Yeah. But still, I feel like, I feel anxious to go and create a relationship with the with the woman that I really like. Like, oh. I get com- concerns for some reason approaching, like, not because of her, but because of, like, t- thoughts coming to my head, like, what if it doesn't work? You know, what if, you know, I, uh, you know, that's, obviously that's coming from the priest breakdown. Okay. Maybe I need some time, I don't know. What do you say? Well, we ain't finished the program yet, but you can go out there and try. So there's also, in terms of this program, there's also um, um, managing breakdowns and agreements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, so then there's communication. Then there is learning how to see today and tomorrow at the same time. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Promise. Because okay. a lot of this program is designed to help you to learn who you are through the content mm-hmm. and through the person delivering the content. So, you know, you, 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 you're you going to be fine, though, I promise. Okay. All right. You don't have to be an expert today. You'll just be a, a, um, an expert soon enough, very shortly. Okay. Well, I mean, we learn a lot. I'm looking at stuff. The emotion was uh, a good session, man. Australia, that's like really important. And gender difference was awesome. Gender difference, I love it. And of course, now knowing yourself is also awesome in a way. Um, if, if what you're after doesn't speak to the person you're with, but you're from a two different planets, and it's so easy. To see that that person is not going to support you in your in your in you being successful, because if you're not in the same world or if you don't share the same passion, right? Yep. And uh, it will be the same for you. And uh, when you look at her, uh, if you you know don't see to each other, don't understand each other really. Yeah, if you don't understand each other, it's gonna be hard, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's why. That's why understanding emotions, understanding agreements and structures, like, you know, taking care of your needs, making sure you got enough money like that. That's why understanding gender and understanding communication and understanding yourself is, is that because any of them will be in the way of you understanding her and the relationship. They'll all get in the way of it. Yeah. One of them and all of them combined. Yep. You know, you think Absolutely. you have one problem. You think you're handling one problem when really you got five problems, six problems, seven problems all at the same time. Fundamental stuff. And, and I like the conversation about, you know, like um, the operation of marriage. They yeah. are non-emotional things, but they have emotional impact on you that would impact your relationship. That's what we're going to talk about Monday. Yeah, that that's also kind of like important in a way because I see the impact of that in my previous relationship. Because, uh, you know, um, she was financially more secure, more comfortable than me. And, you know, I'm working for an employee of a company and 
and our uh, projects are, you know, outsourced to another company, Accenture. And I know this was coming. My job is going to be ending. And last Friday it ended, right? And I was actually now in, a, in back in Turkey now in a new country in a way, right? Like I've been, I graduated from school, come to US, and I worked there. And I, this is a new environment for me. And I was when I was here, I was still working for the same company remotely. So I was, I had, I had concerns for some reason. I don't know. And um, and she was expecting me to pay all the bills. And that was kind of frustrating to me, um, even though, you know, she makes same, maybe more money than me. Her father was, uh, she was working for her father and the guy had 200 people working for him. <laughs> she was kind of rich. <laughs> yeah. And um, and her father wanted to work with me. She, he invited me to his office. He even purchased a desk for me. Uh, come work from here instead of working from home. So you can socialize with people. Maybe you can see some opportunity for yourself. Like I was so generous, you know. But she didn't want me to do that. She didn't want me to come to their work, you know, work for her father or anything like that. And I just, that, that just doesn't make sense to me at all. And um, uh, I don't know. So, and then she expected me to pay all the bills, even though she makes money, I make money. Like we didn't have that marriage uh, complete. Like you know, I, for me it doesn't matter her money or my, my money spent, you know. And I was like, taking care of her two kids too, so um, they, I love them as my own kids. And I anything they need, I was there. But she didn't get that. Mm. So we didn't have that marriage institution where one for all, like we are there for each other. Yes, you know. That was really uncomfortable for me also, because uh, when I was with her, I was spending at least even in Turkey, it's a lot of money, like you know, two to four thousand dollar a month. Mm. Yeah. Uh, to pay the bills. Now on my own, I my, I moved to my own apartment. My utility is not even three hundred dollars. <laughs> wow. And I don't have to pay rent. There I was paying like you know. Uh, 2,000 Turkish dollars of rent. Uh, no, mate, to, a lot more, 2,500. So now I don't have to pay tax at all. I say I say money because just because I'm not married to her. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Cute. So, um, you know, just about everything about a woman is about um, safety and security. So she ain't got enough yeah. money, she's not going to be safe. But see, one of the things that I'm starting to learn, one of the things I'm learning, I recently got, is that it doesn't matter how much money you have, if you, who you are is that you're scared you're not going to have enough money. Yeah. You know, so your attitude about money is going to drive your money conversation more so than your results. Your results are almost irrelevant from what it is that you actually have produced, what you actually have. It's amazing. I just found this out. But, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine, a client, actually. She was telling me that, you know, her boyfriend wanted to take her out, do stuff. But um, he had a commitment to uh, to put $17,000 towards his kid's bar mitzvah, his son's bar mitzvah. And then he also had some other thing about kid's school. And, you know, he's divorced, 
uh, was happily divorced. Now he's got his new girlfriend, who is my client. And um, and he's feeling bad that he can't do with her the things he wants to do with her. And she's financially secure, so it ain't bothering her that he's, he wants, you know, she's like, she's trying to help him to create something that will work for her and hanging out together. Yeah. Because, you know, what's hers is his and what's his is hers, and she's okay because she's secure. When I heard that, I was like, wow. This guy, this guy got, you know, making half a million bucks a year or something like that. And yeah. he's worried he doesn't have enough money to take care of his bills or something. Or take care of his girl because he got these bills. Like, how much money is too much or how much is enough? You know, that's what made me think, you know? Yeah. You know, like, so it wasn't the money. It wasn't how much he had or didn't have. It was his attitude about what he had or didn't have that was the key, you know? Fascinating. Mm. So, so uh, I'm not really clear what you get. Uh, I, I I couldn't uh, understand like, I'll tell you, the I'll, thing that you I'll get. Tell. And this was a good example of it, I know, but I didn't. I'm not clear about what you get. So, yeah. Okay, let me so, repeat again. What you get okay. is that it doesn't matter how much money you have; it's the attitude towards money you have. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Can you explain a little more? Yeah. So if you think that you can make money, then you won't be worried if you don't have any or if you don't have enough because you know you can make more. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I don't worry about having a girlfriend or not having a girlfriend because I know how to get a girlfriend. So I don't worry about having a girlfriend or not having a girlfriend. As much as I would want one, I don't care. I mean, not that I don't care. I don't worry about it. I'm not worried that I won't have a girlfriend because I know how to go get one. So I have a relationship to I'm capable. I can do it. I don't need any help, support, questions. I don't have to worry about relationships. And so there are people who are completely confident that no matter what, they can make money. So they don't worry about the money that they have. They're not irresponsible. They are frivolous because if you're frivolous, you're just ex- using money as a way to express something to make up for, you know, whatever, right? So you're being frivolous, yeah. you're being spontaneous, you're being, you know, impetuous. You know, it's, it's a release of some sort oh. that you use money to help you release on. But if you're, um, how do I say you know, if you're someone who knows they can make money, you don't worry about it. I'll make more. Not like you'll be irresponsible to say, ah, I don't care about what just happened, I'll make more. But you'll be more like, well, I'll just go make some more. There's more, more, more where that came from. You know, you'll just be that way. You know, and I'm just starting to get that about money myself. But most mm. women are not going to be like that. Most women are mm. not just not not going to be like that. Most women are not like that. Yeah. And so, you know, because they're not like that, they worry. But men and women are like that, but women more so in a sense, in a kind of a way. They're like that is, well, you're supposed to be the one, and unless I see you've got so much that we can't spend it all, I'm going I'm to worry. If money is looked upon as a solution, 
that's the problem. Money is not a solution. It's a tool, and it's something that can be created and grown. It's not a solution. It's the result from a solution. Ooh, that's good. I never said that before. Money is the result of a solution, not the solution, or not a solution. Does that yeah. make sense? Yep. Yeah. It's a tool. Yeah. It's a tool to have solution. Yeah, it's funny. I, I never really, that, that thing I just said, that it's a, it's a uh, indication, a measure of the solution. That's pretty good. I never said that before. I like that. I'm going to have to write that down, man. <laughs> so the, the idea is to create a structure, a system, a machine, something that generates money by having something that people want to spend money on regularly, consistently, a whole lot, whatever, whether it's viral, whether it's you know consistent, whatever that thing is. And if you know how to produce those results, then you never really worry. You might have temporary times where you got to chill out some, but as long as you're spending underneath what you are making, you should be fine. Yeah. Spending less than you make, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So that's a good distinction. Like how you relate to relationships, having a girlfriend is not a problem, and, uh, you know, you can be with anyone at any time, that you have no worries at all. If you have a relationship with money, that's a transformation. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about money. You just yep. uh, money keeps coming anyway, and uh, that's that's a comfort. I guess yep. you know my my parents were teachers, and they well never made my father especially. You know he never had a father, so he did everything himself, and he was always a warrior. You know, yep. and we raised in that environment, and for some reason I always had that. Uh, concern in my relationship to money and when I have a job I always have concern what if it doesn't work or like when I lose my job I have concern you know uh, what if what if like that those worries but when I look at my life like past 15 years I've been working I never had a moment where I didn't have a job right now like last Friday I lost my job and Monday I received a call uh, the branch of the companies I work for in U.S. in Istanbul, I, they they have been my clients in the past, and I've done projects for them as well. And they know I left the company, and they just called me and look, we have a project. You want to come work with us? You know, yep. didn't have to do anything, and job came to me. <laughs> and tomorrow yeah. I'm going to talk to them. So, and I when I when I look at my past 15 years, all those worries that I had around the job around money, around my worries about future. It's all nonsense. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, if you notice, if you haven't noticed, you always, somehow you made it, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're still here, you're still here, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, um, you know, you got food in your refrigerator, you know, you, you probably ate some time today. If not, you definitely ate yesterday, right? Yeah. You'll eat. You got enough money to eat tomorrow, you know, like that. You'll be mm -hmm. fine. You know, yeah. pay your bill, you know, your phone. You, I'm talking to you on your phone, so you must have paid your phone bill, so, you, you know, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, this is a new place for me. 
this is why I don't mind talking to your boy Ed, working with your boy Ed about, um, you know, helping them to make money because, you know, this is the first time I feel like I can actually coach somebody around it. I'm not even 100% sure I can coach them around it, but I know I can at least not say, nah, I can't help you. So, <laughs> you know, he'll teach me how to teach him, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. Also, uh, I'm also. Uh, I think I learned a lot from you. I think I can also help people around relationships too. Not that I'm oh. gonna look for clients for that. Mm. You know, but uh, out of this coaching about relationships. Yes. You know, out of all the coaching I did, landmark. Yeah. Uh, I want to do something in that area. I don't know what. It will be a relationship or it will be something else or life coaching or something like that. Yeah. I think if I do that kind of thing for someone, that I would be doing something for myself. Like, like for example, when we have conversation, you know, like you say things and you take a note of things and, and you get to see something new when you have coaching for someone new, right? Their transformation. Yeah. Uh, they're, 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 the way that they get things, the value they get, they get, you also get that for each different yeah. individual that you work with, I guess. That yeah. contributes to you in some way, right? Yeah. So I'm also thinking, like, maybe that will be something also I can uh, produce in the future. Yeah. Well, I'll well, tell you. Set of distinctions, right? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I got a program, a coaching program called Train the Coach. Yeah. I can teach you how to coach. I can train you how to coach. You know, the way I'm doing with you. Meaning in terms of relationships? Things or whatever you want to coach people around. Hmm. About so, the so hold on a second. So the relationship is the content. The coaching is the vehicle. Yeah. So I'm driving around in whatever land you want me to go in. You want me to go into relationship land? Fine. You want me to go into business land? Fine. You want me to go into... Health and fitness land, fine. You know, but I'll teach you how to deliver any of those by teaching you how to coach. Yeah. And you decide what topic you want to coach people around, you know. Yeah. You know, Iman? Yes. You know, Iman actually started the business for wedding planning with his wife. And then yes. he did his, uh, he, he didn't have enough people um, to plan wedding. And then they decided to do event planning. And when yep. they did the event planning for first for retailers, for people branding for people mm. and then they realize they can you know uh, coach entrepreneurs in creating their business and Ri was a good example for them because they achieved that about two years now he is doing yeah. really great you know he yes. I don't know if you know Ri Perez and he's doing really great he's great client base you know great networking person and I, I, I went to one of a few of his events and stuff like that making a lot of money and he's doing great you know incredible and Iman and his wife they just transformed their business from wedding planning to event planning now they're actually coaching entrepreneurs to make more money yes. and uh, by I, I when I was in US last week I went to his one-day event and uh, there were a lot of people and first year they made two hundred thousand dollars next year they hit four hundred thousand they are now making more and more than a million dollars and they have like 30 maybe more clients you know yeah. and from yeah. different industries and they keep growing and growing and what they do is basically they use the coaching distinctions to coach people to get what they want in what business they are creating and they want to grow yeah it's amazing isn't it 
Yeah, I know. That's how, that's how I, you know Natasha was telling me about it. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it's amazing what they do. And maybe you can, uh, if you want to, like you, you I, I know what you're doing. And if you want to grow, uh, like more, if you want to reach to more clients, like you're writing books, you know, you can really play big in U.S. market where people are eager to learn. You know. Yes. And yes. Uh, maybe you should. You should uh, go to one of his sessions and see what they are doing, and because they do something. And also, I'm I'm following. I met this guy David Meagle. Do you know David Meagle? I heard of him. I don't know him, but I heard that, of him. That that's an interesting guy. I tell you, why he does his transformation work, and he coaches people to make millions. And his client base is now people are who are millionaires. But then he has other people that he trained over the years. They have their own businesses. Uh, and they coach people who are making thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they they teach them, they coach them uh, to make more money. And people, most most people are being successful because I guess coaching provides for people getting coaching to see things in a different way, and they take different action, but they change the context and they take different action and they get results. Yep. And these are the things I'm really kind of interested these days, like how they make what they make and how can I uh, use those distinctions, whatever the tools they provide, to see where I am and how fast, what important actions can I get to move forward with my business that I'm going to start this week. Yes. So, interesting. Very interesting, you know? Yeah. I'm going to actually have a call with Iman next week. He used to be my coach in ILP. He was our classroom leader. Yeah. And a lot of people in his coaching body, like people he's coaching as entrepreneurs, a lot of, like, I think, I know a number of them are also from that ILP group that we have. Like there's Gay, yeah. who was in latitude coaching, and a few other people I met. Amy, also getting coaching from Iman. And they, they all do incredible work. They, for, what they do is actually their approach is to plan an event. First, and for your first event, they invite everyone, people they know, their friends, family, right? They come to the first event, and they sponsor some of the people for free. They come to the event, and they do like a one-day event. They speak about what they're what they're specialized expertise in, and then they follow up the people who come and they try to make them their clients and see what they're dealing with and try offer them what difference they can make. Yeah. You know, one and one coach uh, following up each people. And then for one year, they do two, three, four, five, depending on the person, the event, get clients. Like if you have if you have 100 attendees, like if you have five clients, that's something. And then you increase that rate. And all of a sudden, you have 20, 30 clients by just organizing an event. Maybe you could do something. Like that. Maybe I do like, something like that too. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, well, I got a plan. You know, I got a, yeah, I got a plan. I got a plan. I, I, you you know, got a plan? Yeah, yeah I, got, I got a plan I'm working on, man. <laughs> I definitely That's do. good. I would like to hear yeah. about your event. If you, program, if, you, if you organize an event, let me know. Yeah, I'm actually um, working with a couple of people to organize an event. I have something called the Anatomy of Dating. I might change the name, but it's about teaching people how to interact at the dating level. And then if they want to do more, 
I'll offer them how to understand themselves and how to understand the opposite sex. I got a program called uh, Qualifying Men, which is just for women, women only. Then I got a program that's just for men, men only. It's called um, What Women Want from Men But Can't Tell Them. So I got that for the guys. And then after they graduate from that, they would be doing the program you're doing now. So I got my my uh, relation curriculum, three programs. Um, um, and, um, I mean, I haven't really put it together as a curriculum, but, you know, it one thing leads to the other to the other, you know. But see, you already know the first two things, which is why we're talking about happily ever after, because as I was listening to you, I could tell you already got enough distinctions in the other two, pro- other two programs that I have that it wouldn't make sense for me to talk to you about it, other than yeah. the gender but- differences. So, like, what, what about what women want from men that they can't tell? What, what is it like? What is the content of it? I mean, you think that I know it, but uh, in terms of a relationship, what women want, or what is it like? Well, you know, it's the gender-based conversation. So it's about men understanding how women are, why they can't tell you what they tell you because they're so indirect. Um mm. Um, you know, the different types of relationships there are and who you need to be inside of it. See, a man doesn't need to manage the relationship. A woman is going to manage the relationship anyhow. What he needs to do is know how to manage himself in a way that serves her and the relationship. And so I I talk about relationships, but I really talk about the difference that a man can make for himself and the women and, and the woman in his life such that He's doing what he needs to do to make the relationship work. So I give him, I, I introduce him to his, his own value as a man to himself and his own value as a man for women, value to women. You know, I give them that. Um, I let him know basically what kind of man you need to be to be the kind of man women want. You know, I let him know how, I let a man know how wonky women's brain is and when they say something you got to hear you got to hear from where they're saying it not from where you're hearing it you know because women don't answer or respond you know yesterday a lady called texted me after a long call i had with somebody else she texted me i haven't talked to her in years on facebook and you know i started telling her about you know someone else after she asked for some free coaching which i gave it was no big deal it wasn't long but anyhow i started talking to her about yeah, I asked her, you know, you ever, you know, want to do something? And she sounded like she was fascinated, but she didn't say yes, and she didn't say no. She was very noncommittal and indirect. She wasn't answering my questions. I let her off the hook, uh, but I happened to notice that she wasn't being direct. But most guys don't know who is not being direct. So we respond to what we think they're saying, not what they're really saying, and then we wonder why we get our ass whipped, you know? So, you know, having men, that program is heavy duty about the way women see and think about life in relationship to men Um, and why they're indirect, what do you need to do to overcome it, you know, a whole lot of that stuff. So... Um, and then by that yeah. point, they know themselves as well as they have a, some understanding of women so they can recognize when he's, you know, they begin to tell if they're dealing with a mature or, or, or you know, normal woman. I shouldn't say normal, like a mature woman. 
and then um, and then they get happily ever after, which is the program you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but um, but the uh, the anatomy of dating, which is the first one, teach you about dating. That one is um, how can I say? Um, that one, the best way to deliver it is live as a two day event. Uh, put people in the room. It's co-ed, so people can interact with each other. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm actually looking at doing that sometime in May. If it takes longer to put my team together and figure out what we're really going to do, maybe we do June. I don't know. But yeah, um, it's, it's happening, you know, this spring. So, so we'll see. The only thing I'm really concerned about on my end with this is the marketing piece, how to promote a, enough people, because I've got everything else pretty much handled. How do I market and promote, and what do I need to market and promote, and how I need to say it and market and promote um, the, the event? Because um, I, I can handle the marketing, the leading of the event, the people who assist, the registration process. I can handle all of that. Get people well, to say what, yes. you, what you can do is, uh, to, to some extent, maybe you can spot, sponsor some people. And uh, the, the idea is that you're not making money out of doing the event. You're really making money out of getting clients after the event for your happily ever after. If you plan like that, you know? Say that, say that again? If you, if, you, if you focus on not getting people to the event, but if you focus getting people to register happily ever after, and if you make the day event, one day event, not about that day, not they don't pay for that day, but they are there to know about or to get a, to take the next step about happily ever after. So your purpose is not to sell the event. Your purpose is to provide the event to sell the happily ever after. Imagine you have 100 people showing up there, and you manage your budget to cover for the expenses. Maybe you charge money for people for to cover the expenses, but not really to make money. And you do a one-day event. And at that event, you show them what they don't know. And you leave, they leave your session, a one-day session event, with the value they got from you one day, and they have opening of an action for the next step where you follow up them and you call them and you have them registered to happily ever after. Okay. That's how, uh, that's how Iman does uh, for his entrepreneurs. You know? Great. So for the event, you, yes. for, for your first event, invite everyone you know, starting from your family, friends, your friends. Just invite them. And uh, imagine there's 100 people showing up, knowing what you have, if you have 50 clients, it pays for everything. Yeah. But, of course, you have to have a balance of, you know, people should know there, should know that when they come there, they're not going to be, you know, like, they're just coming to learn something new, of course, for their end. But for yeah. your purpose, it's the, not the money that you're going to make that for that one-day event. That money is just covered for the expenses or something to keep it minimal. Even sponsoring some people that they are not sure that will give you access to make really money because then you're going to sell them your six-six program. You yeah. know? Yeah. That's, that's how they handle that. 
Okay. And that that works. Okay. But when I call Iman, when I go to June session, I know he had an event that happened to be in U.S. I went there and he sponsored me. Like, you don't have to pay. That's okay. Come. Thank you for being here. Yeah. You know? Like that. I mean, uh, the, people sponsor people. Like, I went to a few other business events like this, you know, in yeah. Washington, which we actually sponsored. I, I still pay the minimum fee, but I know that the sponsors, basically, who are the key speakers in the event, who are actually the ones who are hunting for clients, yeah. they sponsor the entire event in the hotel. They pay their ratio of whatever money they have to pay, but then they sell the tickets to their clients potential client. If they can't sell, they pay anyway. So that's the approach. That's how they make it. You plan an event. You have people coming to your event. You manage the cost of the event either by selling tickets or uh, sponsoring tickets, you know? Yeah. You may be lucky. You may sell all of your tickets and you make it for free. You may have 100 tickets, but you sell 80 tickets, then you may have to sponsor 20 tickets whatsoever. But you just make, the, make sure all the people who you sell the tickets show up in the event and then you make the breakthrough there in the event and then you register them for happily ever after and then you have like 100 clients out of 500 you make $50,000 let's say 50% effective $25,000 in six weeks <laughs> okay isn't it fun yeah interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. fascinating yeah. okay because I was actually thinking about just about the um I was actually thinking just about the live event two-day workshop, but you're talking about the teleseminar. That's interesting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about that one, you know. That's not, that's not bad. That's you're, you're, pretty... you're just doing a one-day event and make the event interactive. Yeah. Like people participate and do stuff. Yeah. Like, for example, me looking at my triggers, right? Yeah. Don't give them the triggers because that's happily after, but give them something to develop to qualify men or qualify women. Yeah, I know how to do that. Yeah, so that's it. And then they have that thing and they learn something and then you tell you, you sell them the the basic dynamics of long lasting relationship which is happily ever after. And you follow up follow up them with phone call, thank you for coming. You know, what did you get out of the program? You know, and then I wanna introduce you this whatsoever. And uh, what, first, of course, you have to listen what they're up to. And then look, there's this program. And I will be one-to-one -one coached, just like you introduced to me. I want you to make a lot of money, man. <laughs> I got it. So you know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing, uh, I've got this uh, concept. I wrote an e-book called um, The Power of Romance. And really... I haven't put much in the way of exercises around it. I mean, I've delivered it a couple of times, but it's really like a talk. So I can actually do that as an introduction and have, you know, teach people, hey, hey listen, I, you know, uh, how to have Valentine's Day every day in your relationship. And um, and so, you know, there's it's, uh, eight parts to it, um, you know, and it's a powerful conversation. And then at the end of it, I can say, listen, you know, this is something you can include in, you know, that, that, that you get how to keep this alive would be through happily ever after and then make the transition and blah, blah, blah. So, um, and there is one thing you can make it more attractive. Hmm. Let's say your program, the program is $500, right? Yes. And for that event, you're going to make an exclusive sale 
if you register today, offer them four hundred dollars or some, you know, yeah. at four hundred. Yeah. Offer them four hundred dollars or four hundred fifty or three hundred fifty. On only during this day, and if you call me later, it will be five hundred dollars. Say something like that to make it more attractive. Yeah. I tell you, out of hundred, five will ten will register immediately. Yeah. And out of hundred, twenty thirty people you can register by phone calls. Yeah. And then that's it. Just like yeah. phoning agreement. <laughs> yeah. And imagine that uh, uh, in your first event you have forty percent sales. That's something. Twenty-five yeah. percent sales. That's something. Then what? You know what you're gonna do? You know how they do it? Then you're going to create more and more events. And then you, all your clients are going to be potential clients generating for you, like I did for you. Like, and they're going to call you more people, and this is this event, and they're going to get value out of it. And you make sure they get value out of it, and they apply to your life. And then they have people dealing with issues, relationships around them, and they will invite them. And, and then what you can do next step, there will be too many people to deal with, but Iman does also. You're gonna uh, you're gonna hire people to coach your program with you. You're gonna mm. now prepare coaches to coach your program, and then you're gonna pay for them because you're gonna be having enough cash flow, but you want to manage them. Mm. Interesting. I, and I will be one of your coach. And I, I will be I one can, of your coach. I got that. I really, really got that. I cannot wait <laughs> to listen to this recording, man. Listen to this recording okay. over again. It's gonna be awesome. Okay. <laughs> man. That's a pretty good idea. I like it. Yeah. Hmm. You contribute me, I contribute you. <laughs> now listen, you know, that's how, it, that's how it works, man. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. But, you know, I love what you're doing, and, uh, and you're really making a difference. And I think there are a lot of people who are dealing with creating powerful relationships, who are failing their wonderful relationships. So, you know, contributing to people for that not to happen, you know, it's, it's, I, I respect what you do and I appreciate what you do. That's why, so. Thank you, man. I'm yeah. grateful. I appreciate it. And, uh, um, yeah, thanks, man. I'm grateful. I appreciate it. And thank you. Sure. Uh, all right, so I'm going to end this call here now. But um, what I'm going to say is that, um, you know, you got your assignment, which is to, investigate what you would need to, how you would need to see life in order to not have those triggers. I'll work on that. And I'll talk yeah. to you on Monday. I already scheduled that, I think. Yep, yep, yep. Looking forward to it. And sure. uh, I'll let you know what happens with um, with Ed. And then, you know, you can let me know what happens with, you know, the other two people you have in mind. So. Sure, yes. I'll, uh, I'll let you know. I couldn't just uh, have a conversation with him. Awesome. So. All right. All right, man. Have a good one. Sure. You too, man. Great weekend. Bye. Yep. You too. Bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.